better understanding of ancient indigenous food production systems may provide a key to a more sustainable food future. This is according to a University of Queensland-led research team involved in a new discovery project testing the dark emu hypothesis. And to get some insights into the new project, I'm joined by University of Queensland's Professor Robert Henry, Professor of Innovation in Agriculture, also a plant genetics specialist. Professor Henry, the new project challenges existing perspectives, especially the ones that uh, Aboriginal communities were foragers and hunter-gatherers are rather than farmers. Yes, we're very interested to learn more about uh, the actual uh, processes that we used uh, by Indigenous people thousands of years ago to produce food. Uh, and there's a lot of new uh, areas of science that we can apply to, to better uh, understanding all of that. Uh, I'm working with uh, archaeologists and others uh, associated with uh, projects attempting to better understand uh, indigenous food production and my contributions in the area of plant genetics where we look at the plants that are there now the food plants that are there and try and understand how they might have been used and and how uh, human populations in the past might have impacted upon uh, the the genetics of those populations and there are uh, a limited number of studies uh, in Australia in this area there's been more work done internationally on on using genetics we analyze the DNA of the plants and try and understand uh, how they've uh, become the way that they are. Yeah which is uh, something very interesting because uh, in your research you looked at uh, the seed sizes and uh, the mutations over time because this was uh, I think uh, not really an area that had been uh, researched uh, thoroughly previously. No, that's right. And there are a number of examples. There's recent work by the the Sydney Botanic Gardens that shows that the black bean in the south is very closely related to the northern populations. And that indicates that these were moved by humans uh, some thousands of years ago. Uh, It's the only way a plant with such big seeds could have been moved over such distances. So uh, the DNA evidence that we get today uh, allows us to understand some of those things that happened in the past. In the case of uh, of the native rices we've got in northern Australia, the seeds are very large and uh, it is hard to understand why they're so large just due to natural selection. We know in other parts of the world where seed size has been shown to have increased uh, prior to domestication that that's been an impact of, of human use. It, people by by harvesting and ewing, using and distributing the seed um, enrich the population uh, in those that are that are larger and of course if you you're, you're harvesting food to eat the larger seeds are the attractive ones so they're the ones that you actually select so there's a lot we can learn by looking at the genetics of the current populations about what might have happened in the past and we're really only just at the beginning of this uh, there's been so little research in Australia in this area yeah, you looked at uh, this from uh, your specialty as a plant genetics, but this was a multidisciplinary team, including archaeologists and. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, we're certainly out in the uh, in the Mythica country in in Central Australia. We're working with very multidisciplinary teams uh, that are uh, looking at uh, everything from uh, uh, digging under uh, uh, traditional housing to to looking at some of the the quarries where there was mining of the the grinding stones that were used to grind the grain in the past 
and and the big question for me as a plant scientist is you know what what were the people grinding in those uh, times uh, and we look at the plants today and, and and are trying to understand which of the species would have been uh, the most uh, suitable food sources uh, in those uh, ancient times. This is something that requires, uh, as you're saying, of bringing together specialists from many different and diverse disciplines to 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 put the evidence together to try and uh, recreate an understanding of, of of what was going on in the past. What what we are are seeing is uh, uh, a remarkable array of food plants in some of these areas, and and we've. Uh, we're particularly focused uh, in, for example, the Channel Country on studying uh, a species there that's called Channel Millet. Uh, this is a remarkable plant with large seeds that that seems to be very closely related to uh, uh, the millets that have been domesticated uh, elsewhere in the world. So we're we're really just continuing to to uh, identify uh, new targets for our research that, that uh, we hope over the next few years will will reveal a more complete story. The project also looks at uh, multiple uses of uh, cultural burning. Most uh, would know cultural burning as very effective in mitigating bushfires, but uh, research also shows that it was used to manage food production in uh, flood-prone areas. Yes, there's a lot, uh, a lot more to uh, to understand in, in in all of that, of course, and in the 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 arguments about. Uh, uh, what constitutes hunter-gatherer behaviour and what's agriculture? Uh, it it uh, causes us to try and define what agriculture is. I think any any modification of the environment to produce food uh, might be considered a form of agriculture. And, and of course, we we can see evidence for, for that happening in in quite a large number of ways, including the use of fire and other practices. Something I didn't mention maybe at the beginning is uh, the title of the project uh, stems from a uh, uh, familiar book by... Um, yeah, The Dark Emu, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, sort of challenging the view that uh, that, that uh, Indigenous people were just simple hunter-gatherers and suggesting yeah. that their food production was more sophisticated. Uh, that, uh, that view has been sort of criticised by many people. Uh, what we're arguing for is that we need to uh, treat this as a, a, an open question and try and provide some evidence to understand what was actually going on and, and undoubtedly uh, it's more complex than just a simple uh, de- those two sort of different ways there's more more complex yeah, interactions yeah. between those uh, ways of producing food and we're trying to understand them. Again it has to be reiterated you're working closely with the Aboriginal communities but how will our understanding the ancient food ways inform a more sustainable food future? So we're working uh, particularly closely with the Mythica on trying to help to understand uh, uh, some of the, the plants that they used and, and try and really understand whether they've got potential for the future. You know, we're, we're now in an era of climate change. Uh, we need probably to find new crops uh, to grow into the future. Uh, that may be better adapted to different climates. And so some of these uh, plants that were used in the past might actually become options for the future. And so that's one of the reasons we're looking closely because it's not just helping us to better understand our past, but it might actually provide us some, some answers for the future as well. Before I let you go, just closing words, maybe something we may have missed you'd like to bring to the attention of our listeners. 
I, I think that this is, a, for me, an exciting stage because what we've got is, is new, new science and technology that's emerging that's much more powerful that allows us to really analyse samples that we discover uh, in ways, in much more detail than we could before. So we can probably ask some much more difficult questions or more, more complex questions about the past and hopefully we'll learn more uh, about uh, not only the past but also you know, what opportunities we've got for the future whether it be for you know, indigenous production or, or more global production of some of these uh, food crops. Professor Robert Henry, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NATV Radio today. Thank you very much.